Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch, though, go to a HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook or shoot us a text direct at 918-800-1188. And Nick, I am officially selling Hooked on Phonics. It did not work for me. <laughs> this is the third me. introduction Marty's had to do. <laughs> uh, and if you go to Facebook on the HyperClean <laughs> Store page, you can see all of his bloopers from this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, officially selling hooked on phonics. It did not work for me. Uh, apparently it worked for you. So congratulations. Yeah. I am also selling, which was going to be my main sell today. People that attempt two and ones and they really shouldn't attempt two and ones. While I did have some great results with Fuego, it's an incredible two and one. This crown two and one where they go ahead and put the cola in with it. Horrific. <laughs> horrific. <laughs> So it got sent up here to the warehouse so that I could drink it during the episode because we didn't want to have it at the house. It was terrible. It's like, uh, it's a flat, flat soda. Cold, yeah, yeah. It's flat soda with, I mean, the whiskey didn't even taste like crap. It tasted like a cheap knockoff whiskey. I don't know. Yeah, it was horrible. Makes sense. All yeah, right. What are you buying and selling? Actually, I'm going to buy this podcast. Hey. Uh, you know, been How seeing much? a lot of things come, come, uh, across my timeline on different platforms where I think a lot of detailers are starting to feel the pinch, the price increases, you know, we're seeing people release emails, starting to talk about silicone and the price of silicone. That seems like that's about 12 months too late, but uh, you know, we're in a position now where I think guys with the, the price of fuel and the price of real estate going up and everything seems food prices are going up. I'm going to buy because we actually have been telling people for about a year, hey, things are really on the edge. You know, you, you got to be ready. I had private conversations with certain detailers. We went over their prices. I said, hey, hike them 30% now. You know, go ahead and do it now. Uh, get ahead of it. You're, you're a little bit underpriced, but if you only raise 10% when you raise it now, a year ago, you're going to miss out. The prices are just going to keep going up on stuff. So get your price increase in before everyone else. Now they're making more money than they've ever made. Uh, but I, I'm just buying the guys that, that pay attention to what we're saying. There's a lot of times, there's just a lot of thought that goes into our episodes. You know, so we do come on here and goof off because Marty has a problem with the intro and, and I get, we have our fun and you guys send me jokes about me, what I like to eat, what I don't like to eat. And that, that's the entertainment part of it. But what I'm buying is we were very early on on silicone. We were very early on about what was going to happen with pricing, both internally and what other companies were going to have to do. It's why on Saturday morning's episode, I talked about cheap wheel cleaners. Guys, if somebody's selling you a wheel cleaner at 20 bucks a gallon, raw material is more expensive than that. Like, I'm not trying to say somebody's building a bad product. I'm trying to say, think about it. If everything's going up and you're still getting a $20 wheel cleaner, the, the world doesn't add up and, and you may be doing more damage to your rims than, than you think. And uh, it's just all across the board, but I see guys complaining about it and now they want to raise their prices drastically really late in the game. And they want all their customers to understand. And guys had you had, have, if you had been listening and just did it 5% at a time, gradually over the last 12 months, 
your prices would have been up 20, 30%, depending on how you did it. And you wouldn't have run into the issue. So I'm, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back here a little bit and say, you know, we were very early on that you needed to get in and start understanding the price of things. And the fact that, Hey man, stack, you know, stock up on ultra dress, stock, stock up on our products. I mean, you just don't know where the world is going. They definitely do. <laughs> so that's, that's a little bit of what I'm selling. We didn't know where the world was going. And it's interesting, you know, as you and I began to really start putting out where we thought that things should be going was two years ago, right? And we, we said it was going to be interesting where people come out of Corona, what happens to the industry, what, what, what transcends, what goes on, right? One of the funny things, which is why is in my cell, that it, it is in my cell is selling Mercedes. What did the car brand Mercedes do coming out of the catastrophe, coming out of everything? Well, you can't get an AMG, but by God, you can buy a, a, a S580 for 120 plus and get AMG carpets. Oh, yeah. AMG rims. And AMG rims. And I don't think people caught that joke, which I put the, you know, when there was a post in the HyperClean Specialist Group, but what is everybody working on today? And I, I put a S580 rims with AMG wheels, like or an S580 with AMG wheels, like you can't get an AMG. You you can't get an S580 with AMG wheels, but for some reason, they got a lot of wheels and they got a lot of carpets left over. So the way Mercedes wants to handle out of their Corona and out, out of all the craziness that's happened, they just want to throw you a $120,000 vehicle and put in some random ass carpets and here's some rims that you didn't order. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, is that the guy that ordered the S580 got better carpets and he got better rims, right? I mean, that, that's the funniest thing is that's usually on their S63 AMG package. Let's say that's retailing for 160 to 190. Uh, so you're getting a bulk of that stuff that matters uh, in your S580 because guess what? Can't have that stuff just sitting around, Marty. <laughs> we, we got a lot of AMG inventory that we're going to have to burn through and guess what? We're going to burn through it. Well, the, the part of the, have you driven the vehicle? The S580? Yeah, I, I, I actually had a customer that had a black on cream. They're great vehicles. I like them. Oh, yeah. Super, like it. I think you had said, yeah, real soft, real smooth. All that stuff going on inside is incredible. Like, I love being kind of hands on the wheel, but you got to keep your hands off and then back on. You know, it, there is some stuff getting along with it. I'm, I'm sitting there talking to the customer after I'm returning the vehicle to them. And this is what's so interesting is, as we kind of move into a lot of what we want to talk about today is I'm sitting there talking to the, the customer about, you know, being able to use his car and how fun it was and different features, what he likes and doesn't like about it. And you know what he does, Nick he sits back, he shuts the door and he leans back on his car. Oh, <laughs> in blue jeans. And I had seen in the past, right. When the car was there and I had the lights on it, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Well, so what was all that from? It was from this dude sitting back, leaning on his car. Now, the detailer in me, that's the same as a lot of people probably, like you went, went. <gasps> so inside of me, I'm going. <gasps> and it was almost, right? It was almost the tip of my tongue where I almost asked him to get off of his own vehicle, right? Like <laughs> it's in my mind. I got to get this guy off his vehicle. He doesn't know what he's doing, but does he? He's, he's enjoying his vehicle. 
If he wants to lean back on his $120,000 vehicle, it's his choice, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the, the detailer's dilemma, so to speak, right? We know the right things to do, but how far do you push the right things? Each customer's different. Some customers want you to tell them. Like, hey, you know, Marty, you should have told me I, I was doing this and this to my car and it was damaging it, but you're like, hey, it's your car. You never really asked me. Uh, you know, so if this guy comes back and says, hey, I'm noticing these spots, that's going to be your opening to say, well, Johnny, leaning on your car in blue jeans with the buttons and all this other thing, not the best idea, and that's what's causing it. Uh, but until he brings it up to you, you're probably in a pretty sensitive place where you can't really say much. Yeah, and there there are detailers though that they they're so specific with their customers. Customers don't aren't allowed to touch their vehicle with their fingers. They're not allowed to interact with the vehicle. How many customers do you know that when they first one of the first things they do when they get their freshly cleaned vehicle, whether it's waxed, coated, whatever, that looks amazing? What do they want to do? Run their hand on it. I run my hand on it. Yeah, so, I've, I've actually never been able to find the detailers that can prove to me that they're widespread being able to tell everybody what to do. And I've met some of the best. But let me tell you something. Suggesting something is much different than me telling you you can or can't do something with your car. And, and that's that's the funniest part about those statements. But, yeah, a lot of people do act like that that's how they operate. But our our industry is a service-based industry. So it is kind of odd that then we would dictate and tell people how they should use something that we're simply just servicing. Like that, that's been a, you know some of the big deals for me, and we'll, we'll get into why we have done certain things here in, in HyperClean. Some of the things has been because it, it's so absurd that I felt that we could dictate or mandate to somebody how they use or operate the vehicle. If they go through a car wash, their warranty's gone. If they if they use a certain towel, their warranty's gone. If they do do this, their warranty. You know, there's so much of this talk. Uh, you know, and we'll get into the warranties here in a minute. But you know, when we're thinking customer first mentality, what what goes into your mind? What is a customer first mentality? What does that even mean? Well, yeah, we we kind of talked about this on Saturday's episode, which is I need to think about the customer's needs with that car in that moment. And then how do I give them the best owner experience? You know, we keep coming back to owner experience on our episodes. And I know a lot of people don't talk about that, but the biggest thing for HyperClean is when we build products, we need to worry about the detailer or the DIY person's user experience. But then we also need to think about the customer or how, the, how it performs on the car, right? Because we need to take care of that end customer, that end car, the most we can. I shared this on, on Saturday's episode. I had a customer with the S63 Benz that we showed all week last week on HyperClean Stores Instagram Stories. And, and I, I say this with great respect. She's the best customer in the world. Never argues about a bill, never seen a bill, doesn't care about the bill. I could charge her 20 grand for a service. I'd never hear a peep out of it. But a customer-centric mindset is here's the car here's what she told me is the reality with the car let me come up with the best solution for the car and for the customer and that's really as simple as it gets and it it gets muddled when people say well my customer wants the best yeah she wants the best she lives in like a i don't know 15 million dollar house i say she wants the best but a ceramic coating doesn't have to be a five-year ceramic coating to be the best 
You just want the ceramic properties, right? You want the hydrophobic, you want the gloss. You, we can achieve that with Uno. We can achieve that with Trey. We can achieve that with Dose. We can achieve that with maybe some products we're working on, right? We can do those things, but customer centric is, she literally explicitly told me in 12 to 15 months, if, if AMG doesn't come in, I will not be driving this car in 12 to 15 months, period. I'll find something else. I'll buy something else. I'll try something else. I will not own this car for another 12, another two years. I don't care what AMG does. They tell me they're going to have a car in here. If they don't, I'll get something else. So customer centric is what's best for that car. Long-term, what's best for that customer right now. And long-term for that car, it wasn't hatching it up with a five-stage paint correction and a 52-year coating with some moon dust. And, and here's why we're... Here's why we're kind of, I guess, specific on this or why we care about it is as you have customers that have been with you for over a decade, right? I have customers also, right? Long time customers. It's an interesting thing as small business owners who want to also have business for a long time. You got to start asking, well, how do you get there? What does it take to have a customer for 10 years? What does doing the right thing by the customer actually mean? Well, might mean that you offer a service that best fits them instead of best fits you. All right, so let's go into that. Because how I got to this point with this customer was he has a Range Rover that he's about to get another one in a couple months. But it was time to get some work done on the Range Rover. Did I need to put a coating on it that was going to last X amount of years? Or do I need to service it, put some slick, make sure it's nice and cleaned up, polished and ready for him to sell? He already has a buyer lined out for. And when his new rover comes in, then we'll get to coat it. Oh, by the way, hey, I got this Mercedes coming in. Let's make sure we get it coated too. Yep. Right? That's how we get to this point that then the guy's leaning on his car and I'm going, huh, what's best for this customer to enjoy his vehicle? Why do we care about customers? Why do we care that this guy enjoys his vehicle so much? So customer-centric mentality, well, goes in as our lifeblood in a sense, because if we talk about it, right, we want to make sure that as a company of HyperClean, that our customers, the detailers, get a good product, right? That's one of our core values, our product. We want to make sure they get the product that's going to meet the needs, right? We're specific. One year. Two year, three year. Could something later? Correct. Right. But one year, two year. And what do we say, Nick? We don't miss them. We don't miss one and two and three years. And that's specific. How long do people averagely for your customers keep their cars? How long do people really need to have protection? We've weighed that in to make sure that we know what's best for the end customer as well as the detailer, because then they should be pitching what's best in for the customer. Ease of application goes into it, the long term of protection, but then also not beating somebody up over the head for doing more than is actually needed. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's the same thing of if somebody comes to you and says, I love this car more than anything, I want the ultimate protection. Well, if you put a ceramic on the car, you're not doing right by that customer because we all know PPF is a better protection, a more durable protection, a more... Uh, overall protection of the car than a ceramic, right? Like we sell ceramics here. I want you to sell ceramics. But if a customer walks in your door and asks for something and you can't deliver it, you need to either find a way to deliver it reputably 
or you need to say, hey, you're going to have to go somewhere else. But how many people are just going to sell a ceramic coating and say, yeah, that's the best I can do? This person told you they wanted something like PPF, right? What ends up happening, if you look at hyperclean coatings, one of the things that I really believe we can celebrate is our coatings are overbuilt. Uno lasts in the desert, which is about as harsh as it gets from a, from a sun, which we all know. Let's be very clear. I have a lot of guys reach out and say, well, I have snow and we have salt. I get all that. When it's 200 degrees on the pavement in the middle of the summer, there is nothing that damages like the sun. So we have an ultimate testing ground here in Vegas. We got dust. We got constant wind storms. We got, you know what I mean? Like we have a lot of abrasive to the coating type of weather. Uno easily gets us 18 months. Dose, we easily see 30 months. Trey, again, probably more robust than most five-year coatings that I've used. And I've used every reputable one in this town since 2020, 2010. So what I think about when I think about doing the right thing for the customer is over-delivering. And picking products that allow me to over deliver on what I'm getting the customer. I know when I apply Uno to that car that she's going to keep a max 15 months. We don't have any issue. She doesn't need dose. She doesn't need, you know, she doesn't need all these things. Nick, let's toss that for a second. Let's toss that back and forth because maybe the greatest need for that customer is for me to make a lot of money so that I'll be in business. So should I not? I mean, that, that lady's got plenty of money. You said she's got a $15 million house. So why shouldn't she just shell out more? And why shouldn't she pay me to do, you know, a, a big, a big time thing? I mean, why not? Yeah, she, you can certainly take that route. And there's plenty of shops and plenty of people in my town and your town listening that operate business. Maybe you're one of the people that operate that way. And that, that's your prerogative. My prerogative has always been doing right for the customer and doing right by the car. One of the reasons... I've been telling guys on this podcast and also privately get really good with the one-step technology because you know what everybody doesn't realize is coming and it's not coming. It's here. You have four or five manufacturers right now that if you do a two-stage paint correction on a brand new car that they've delivered, you've put that car in jeopardy of a repaint inside its first five years of life. The world's changing. Are you? Because I see guys doing a lot of two-stage, heavy compounding and polishing on brand new cars that I know that that paint system can't be cut that much. Not because it's my opinion, but because I know what's on those cars right now. Now, maybe that changes. But once they figure out how to put less paint on the car, Marty, do you think they go back to putting a ton of paint on the car? Because in our lifetime as detailers, you and I, we went from a ton of pain on the car to now we're to this level. Has it ever gone back up? So that's break what that, I've addressed. Doing the right down. thing for the car and uh, go ahead. Break that down for a second, right? Because we might not all understand what you mean. Like there was a time where there was more pain on the car than there is now. 100%. I, matter of fact, just go back. If you've been in this business five to seven years, you've seen it alter. What you're seeing from Kia, from Genesis, from Hyundai, from those types of companies right now is you're seeing really dangerous low levels of paint being put on the car, which means it's low levels of clear as well. Okay. They're not magically finding some new technology. They're cutting a corner in a tough time for them as manufacturers. 
And it's okay that they're doing that. That's their business. The customer's buying the car. But if you go, let's take a Telluride, for example, that we came across. If that went to a different detail shop, they did a two-stage paint correction on it. That car, even with a ceramic coating, would be within an inch of its life. You're watching the same thing from Toyota. You're going to watch the same thing from Honda. Then you're going to watch Chevy and you're going to watch Ford do the same thing. Once somebody gets away with it, it starts to trickle through the car market. So the reason that I tell guys about one-step technology advancing to the point we are now is not only necessity to stay in business because it's, it's a more widely used service and you can get incredible results if you have some, some talent and some processes behind it. But the, the bottom line is we're going to get to a point where you're going to see guys who, because of DAs, have never had to worry about burning paint, Right you're going to all of a sudden start hearing about a lot of repaints from guys who've been in the business five years or five minutes or 10 years who aren't watching the landscape change and they're just buzzing cars. Let me get two steps. Let me get a three stage. I mean, some stories I'm hearing uh, uh, recently about a detailer doing three-step correction on certain brand of cars. He's going to be at the body shop paying for a lot of repaints if he hasn't already. The world is changing and it's okay. So, the customer in the car have got to be thought about in the moment. And you're right. She could have paid any dollar amount that I charge, but guess what? I don't think I get the trust from her for 10 plus years. If I do wrong by her, even one time, that's my belief. And you know what, if that's, if that's something that's, you know, a bad way to do business, my business size and, and, and the success that I've had, I'll live with it, you know, but I, I know, I know there's other shops that do things differently. Other businesses. Great. I'm trying to tell the guys that listen to us that you just can never go wrong with the customer centric mentality. Trust is an interesting word, right? That's a very interesting word, especially uh, in, in chemicals. We, we many times trust what people put out that it's true. And many times if, if it isn't true, then well, we just trust that something might have messed up, or maybe I messed it up, or maybe it was my fault, right? It's it trust is a very interesting thing when when it comes to products, when it comes to service. Gosh, trust should be built into every service, and I think that's why it's so special of what we do because then we pretty much build the same thing into the products. Like we generally want people to trust it when we say it's going to work. Like this is what it's going to do. We, we don't need to have this papered warranty to cover our ass because, listen, we've got it if we need it, but we don't push it because it's not what we think is the main part of business. The main part of business for us is servicing the customer, making sure the customer's good, having trust built into the service, and then having the products that then meet that core value. So... Nick, I, I got to ask, then what's your thoughts on, on inside of trust and inside of warranties? Because we both have some interesting stories that go along with warranties. And one for me is inside that exact same situation where I'm, I'm talking to my customer who's trusted me for quite a long time to care for his vehicle. He's got a good friend that also has trusted me for a very long time. His name is John to care for his vehicle. Uh, John, this is an interesting thing about John. I, I know we don't say you, we, we've all, I just, I find it interesting when I meet people that develop styles of business, his business was that, uh, 
at the NFL games, the little video recorder that was on strings and came across like that That started here in Tulsa. It then got sold, but that was something that he did. And when I, when I find these little things about people, I I find it really interesting. I get to know them about what they do in their business and all the different things that they do. It was a big thing with John. And well, John also bought one of these same Mercedes. John uh, just recently from a snowstorm here kind of went off a little bit slid and slammed into something. Well, John has a big, a big dent in his uh, $120,000 vehicle. And uh, this customer that I was working with was telling me about it. Well, sad thing for John is he doesn't have any parts coming for months. Now he's got a warranty on the vehicle and sure, it, you know, it'll be covered eventually, but John's kind of up shit Creek, uh, even though he's quote unquote covered. How does, how does a warranty, uh, fall into customer centric mentality you you going through anything on your side oh wow touching a nerve here marty uh yeah my i i opened my garage door on friday you and i had just got off the phone dealing with some stuff we had a customer getting a big pickup all that kind of stuff and in las vegas our hot water heaters are in our garage you know so yeah. So if they bust, you know, as long as your garage and, 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 you know, my nothing's on the floor of my garage, everything's on shelving. And and so it's no big deal, but I, I see this big stream coming down my driveway and I'm like, I already know. Cause I've had one bust a couple of times here in Vegas. It's no biggie. Don't, I don't think anything of it, you know, just, Hey, we need to call, take the picture of who installed it right on the water heater. Let's get them out here. Let's get it handled. I don't think about warranty. I wouldn't think about anything. Just, Hey, just call them. Let's get them out here. I don't want to be without hot water for the weekend. So guy comes out. He goes, Oh yeah, you got a warranty on this. I said, Oh, okay. I didn't pay extra for a warranty. He goes, nah, this one came with a warranty, you know, just comes standard this, these years and whatever. It's all good. I said, great. He's got a big truck. I'm like, do you have one in your truck? I mean, it's a pretty normal size. You know, it's, it's, it's a commercial hot water heater for the size of our house, but like, you know, it's other people have this. He's like, Oh no, 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 no. We got to, uh, we got to submit this and and then we got to get approval through the warranty. And I said, okay, so that should happen pretty quick. Right. It's 2022. He's like, ah, usually somewhere between seven and 10 days, we'll have this thing replaced. I said, what? He's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the standard. I said, standard for what? Like politely, I'm not mad. I go, buddy, I'm not going to wait seven to 10 days to get a hot water heater. This is nuts. I said, they sell them at Home Depot. If you just go and grab one to get me through, I'll pay you just trying anything. No, but look, man, I mean, you're going to get a free hot water heater. I said, it's not free, dude. I'm going to be a week or 10 days without hot water. What's free about that? Like, have you ever tried to wash your dishes with cold water? Like, it just doesn't break anything down. You can't put things in a dishwasher. You can't take showers. You can't do any of this stuff, right? Oh, good. I was hoping you were going to leave the shower part out, man. Yeah, I was hoping yeah, you were going to leave the shower part out. So, cold showers and Nick. That, I, that, I can't imagine that goes too well. <laughs> Dude. So now I'm thinking, do we heat the pool? What do we do? Like, we need, we need something. So a guy's standing there, and, you know, he's just talking to me as it's normal. And you know what I realized in that moment? This guy's never actually done it himself. Meaning his family doesn't go without hot water. 
because he's a plumber and he'll just fix it. So you know what he's never done, Marty? He's never actually sat in his house for seven to 10 days and gone through the warranty process. And now we get to the crux of the issue. So anyway, I tell him, I go, okay, man, you start working on that. He goes about his way. I go, we got to pull up who did our last plumbing work because I knew we used a different company, stuff around the house. They'd been in business 50 years. Guy comes out. He goes, oh, yeah, you know, no big deal. Nothing really failed here. It just kind of happened. You know, no worries. He's like, you know, it'd be, it'd be 15 to 2,000. We'll get it fixed. I said, yeah, let's do that. Now, here's the problem. Because it's like late Friday night at this point, by the time I called him, he couldn't get to a supplier, and the suppliers don't sell on weekends because evidently water heaters don't break on the weekends. We can't get it till this morning. But it's still exponentially more days quicker. And so I'm having to explain to everybody in my house, like, hey, we're in a financial position. I'm not waiting on a freaking warranty. Now, if the warranty was going to come Monday or Tuesday, that's a whole different discussion. But I got a range of seven to 10 days. What is customer centric about seven to 10 days? There isn't anything because if you own a home and you're not in the position to replace your hot water heater yourself financially, you shouldn't own the home, right? Like I just pulled the trigger, said, get here ASAP Monday morning. Like I understand the supply issues. I understand you can't go to Home Depot and get ours. It's a commercial unit. Great. Bring it Monday morning, get it in whatever it takes. And at this point, you get to the dilemma of warranties. They exist. Uh -huh. The problem is, can you wait it out? All right. So Nick, we've had this warranty discussion and you made this comment. So I've got to, I've got to toss it back to your court. When are we going to get to the part about detailing? <laughs> well, a lot of guys are sold on the warranty. I'm going to have this warranty for my coating. And let's be very clear. We have a warranty on our products. But we have a warranty, like most companies, for one reason, to deal in the dealership world. Because state law is involved in the dealership world. Governments are involved in the dealership world, and they have requirements per state. So you want to have something in compliance for the distributors or the dealership or the deal, uh, detailers that are going to be dealing in that world. It's a support mechanism. It's not something that we stamp and go, we have a warranty and it's compliant. You don't hear that from us because we don't have warranty claims because we overbuilt Trey. We overbuilt those. We overbuilt Uno. Okay. We overbuilt those things. So your customer is cared for. And the problem is, what these warranty companies put your customer through. If you think it's a smooth operation, think about this. If the warranty company charges you $100 for the warranty, the only way they stay in business is to keep as much, as that, as much of that $100 as they can. That's the name of the warranty game. And financially, that's the proof of what they do. They keep, what, 95 cents of every dollar that they take in? So 95 out of every 100 bucks? they keep in their pocket, man, that's, that's not a game that's very customer centric to me. Customer centric and warranties 
It is interesting. Because should we be? Why are we selling? What's the deal with them? Should it be that uh, that the customer thinks that they have to? I mean, it, my customers have never asked me for a warranty card. I mean, I, I've never had, actually, ever. No, neither. I mean, if, if I tell them that I'm going to put a ceramic coating on them, I'm going to tell them what it's going to do for them, and they know that we're going to take care of them and maintain them and going to service them on it. Never have once have they ever asked me for a card. Now, we like you said, we have it in. So if anybody needs to use it from our coatings, they, they know where to go. They know what to put in. They know how to put the information in. And some people say that it's good for them to help sell. Great. I, I just, I haven't ever found it. It's yeah, never been and, a thing. And, and I think here's the reason. Have you put it on your car? Have you had it fail? And have you gone through the warranty process? Because what you're going to find is that you, the detailer, aren't that involved. What happens is the warranty company is going to call you and say, hey, how'd you install it? I use this, this, and this. I'll use that kind of pad. Uh, you didn't read line 72? Click. It's not warranty. People think it's crazy I'm saying this, but I'm telling you, it is this specific. Okay. Well, and, and the crazy part too, let's go back over that for a second. I mean, 95% of all warranties never get a claim, you know, ever brought back to them. No. So it's only five, three, you know, the stat is the true three to 5% actually ever get a call. How many of those get denied? So you, you've got to be at more than that 1% of warranties actually get followed through. Yeah. And so then think about it from my business. I have PPF that has 10-year warranty. I got windshield film that carries a three-year warranty. I got coatings that we use from HyperClean that carry warranties. I've never brought them up once. None of these warranties. I got, I got film that carries a 10-plus year warranty. I never bring it up. Because if something goes wrong with the film, I'm going to have to step up as a business. Anybody telling you differently, it, it, that's just not how it works. So they've now the warranty company has interviewed you, Marty, about how you installed it. Guess the next phone call they got to have. Your customer without you on the line. You're not involved. Your values and how you talk to your customers are irrelevant. They're going to ask your customers questions that I guarantee your customers have no idea what most of the words mean. Like proper maintenance. What SIO2 sprays did you use? Did you use this? Did you use that? Stuff that we know as detailers, stuff that your customer knows nothing about. As soon as they answer one wrong question, Marty, what happens? Denied. Access deny. Click. I'm not telling you anything I haven't been through. And I'm going to share a story here that's a pure coding story. One of the top three most reputable, quote unquote, ceramic coding companies that most people would vote for uh, in our industry has a footprint here in Vegas. Awesome. I used them for years. A guy was coding cars and screwing up a lot of cars. And I have a $180,000 car come with runs all down the car, all different parts of the car. Going to have to be sanded off. Top end coding have to be approved. You have to go to training. I didn't have to go to training. We, we've talked about that before. This guy had to go to training. So I called the company and I said, hey, we got a huge issue here. I just had this car brought to me. It's going to take thousands and thousands of dollars worth of work to get this thing right. What are you guys going to step up and do here? Well, you need to call a warranty company. 
I said, dude, I don't think this is a warranty claim. This is an installation problem. Well, he came to our training. He knows how to install it. Just a phone conversation I'm having. And I'm like, well, evidently not. I mean, that's just a blatant, I'm sending pictures. I can't believe what I'm seeing. So, of course, I get on with the warranty company, and I'm like, here's the issue. Oh, yeah, it wasn't installed properly? Click. That's the game. And I, there isn't 50 other fifty warranty companies, okay? There's a few companies that run most of these auto warranty systems like coatings because, again, they got to be state compliant. They got all of these different things they got to do behind the scenes. It's not like it's a no-cost business, but once you're in, it really is a very low cost business for the warranty company. So the warranty company and the coding company were not going to step up and help this guy. $180,000 car that was going to have to be sanded 100% all across the car. Wasn't it bad installation? Warranty company's off the hook. He went to our training. The coding company's off the hook. Here's this guy with roughly, I think, a four to $6,000 bill on his hand now. He didn't do anything wrong. Went to somebody that was quote-unquote accredited. There's a warranty on it. What did the warranty really mean? It didn't mean anything. And again, we have them in our company. But customer-centric is not you throwing that guy to the wolves when you make a mistake or when the coding has a problem. It's please come back to my shop. I've made a human error here. We're going to make it right. Now, I'm not saying in that instance, but that's what happens. If I have a piece of film fail, I'm not going to call the, my film companies. I'm going to say, bring your car in. We're going to get it fixed ASAP. I'll figure out the stuff on the back end with my warranty and my film company and my coding companies and that kind of thing. But why would I want my customer on the phone with somebody that's not in my company, somebody that's going to badger and question them to get out of paying, what about that do you think is going to be customer centric, Marty? Um, nada. Yeah, nothing. I mean, it, and this is where I would much rather have a company like HyperClean, like what we do, which is say, we got those things. I don't ever want a warranty claim. I want to overbuild my ceramics. So a one year is going to get 18 to 24, a two year is going to get 24 to 36, a, a, a three year is going to get 36 to 48 easily. That's what we're talking about. And, and again, as a detailer, you're the last line of defense. So your customer doesn't have a problem. So the products you pick, a cheap wheel cleaner on black Ferrari rims, as you're agitating the hell out of it because there is no cleaner in there. It's just a little soap and you're scratching those black rims. That product choice has cost your Ferrari owner. Just like if you're in a position, Marty, which I know you've been in with customers and you hear crazy things and they're like, well, I talked to this other person and they're going to give me this 10 year ceramic warranty. And it's like, what does that mean? It means you have to call an 800 number and have a huge headache and wait seven to 10 days to get hot water in your house. It's just, it, it isn't customer centric. And I felt bad for this guy at my house because you know what? He's been doing business like this, but the customer, the company that's helping me has been doing great business for 50 years. 
But this new guy has been told by the hot water heater companies, hey, man, if he's got a warranty, you know, just put in the warranty. You're doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. He's never going to get my business because there's nothing right about me waiting 10 days for hot water. I'd rather just pay the money. Your wealthy clients, how many of them care about a warranty or do they just want it right as fast as possible, no matter what it costs them? That's what happens in the real world. Yeah, apparently what else happens in the real world, which is interesting, you talked about trainings. Uh, apparently, there's companies now that are training and you've got to go to training to be part of their group and be uh, using their products so that you can get the warranty. you got to go do the training so that you can be a part of them, right? You, you've got to be a part of what they're doing. Well, here's the interesting thing, Nick. Was, this is one of, one of the videos I saw. Uh, something similar to what you said last week and we're here to help we're actually not making any money on this we're from the government and we're here to help we're, we're not making any money on this you're going to get some stuff you're going to get this you're you know it's, it's in a great place too it's an amazing place you know, it really is a great place also that you can be a part i if i'm customer centric as a detailer do i I really need to be a part of something that's required so many things and they're just here to help me or if I'm customer centric as a detailer, I really should just be focused on my detailer and what's best for my, 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 <laughs> my customer. I, yep. it's, it's insane, man. It really you, is. You, you really hate to tell people how simple it is because it makes you seem like, why is this guy, making it seem so simple when everybody else is making it so difficult. But that's what launched Apple. The fact that I can open up and my phone works in two minutes, that's why Apple won. Because you remember what it was like setting up old phones? You have to transfer con. I, I literally turn my Apple phone on, it works. Simple is what wins in the end. Simplifying your packages, simplifying your offerings, making sure your customer understands things. But anybody telling you that a warranty and people talking to your customer who aren't you is going to benefit you in the long run have actually never had a lot of customers. Because when you have a lot of customers, and I think I would rank in that, that I have plenty of customers, we touch a fair amount of vehicles a month in the thousands. Here's what I get to say. I got a pretty good read on what customers do not want to hear. Hey, can you call this 800 number? They don't want to hear that. They actually don't even want to hear the brand I'm using. You know what they want? They want to hand me the keys and trust me. And you can talk about all this ancillary stuff that benefits you or, but where is the customer? You know what I didn't hear in your little spiel about training? The customer. That word gets left out of a lot of people's pitch. What's good for you, the detailer, what's good for you, the detailer, what you need to do as a detailer. When was your customer brought up? When was the car brought up? When was the boat brought up? When was all that brought up? Because I never hear that part. Because most of the people talking about it have never detailed a boat, never detailed a bunch of cars, never detailed a motorcycle. That's the reason they can't talk about your customer. At HyperClean, we have several products in testing. And guess where they get tested? on real customers in the real world. And there's a lot of things that don't make the cut. 
but we get to talk about the customer because you're working on an S580 last week. I'm working on an S63 last week. My guys are working on hundreds of cars a week. Customer centric is a mindset that if your chemical company doesn't have it, you aren't going to have it. That seems to be where we're at in this whole thing. And what we want to implore our people to do, let's all think about your customer. Because if your customer's happy, then that means you get another customer. When you get another customer, we get another customer to sell you a coating. And that's how this snowball really works. And matter of fact, I think like five minutes into me being on this podcast, one of the things that rubs me is I don't hear any chemical companies talking about your customer. Two years ago, I told you that's what rubs me the most. Nobody talks about the car owner. They just want to talk about what warranty you can promise them. No, no, no. How does the warranty play out? Let's talk about that part of it because that's the customer's experience. I don't want any of our detailers to ever have to look at a customer and say, I don't have an answer. Call this 800 number. I want them to say, dude, I'm going to DM Marty. I'm going to DM Nick. We're going to get this solved like right now. It's a very different type of mentality that we want people to take. And you know where this mentality thrives? In tough times. Mm. Gas prices are up. Some guys are just figuring out silicones up. They supposedly build products. You know, who knows? That's, I don't know, 12 to 14 months late, but that's neither here nor there. Guess what we have now, guys? We have, we're at the tip of something changing in the world. And that customer-centric mentality, man, it goes a long way when that dollar is getting spent a little less and less. And having your packages in line and all the things we've been talking about, all this stuff aligns with what we've been talking about for weeks, Marty. This stuff's not by accident. Just like a year ago, we talked about your prices and raising your prices and things are going up. We try to give the little trail to a, to a better opportunity for most guys. And we have a lot of people taking advantage. If people could see our growth in the last 18 months on this podcast, I know we're doing the right things. Doesn't mean we're right about everything. But what we're doing is we're talking about things in a real way. We have a warranty, guys. If it's important to you, we'll support you. The warranty's there. But how about we just build products that don't fail, and then your customer wins, which makes you win, which makes us win, and let's all win together. Seems like a pretty easy thing, but it's just not how some people want to do things, which is fine. It's just not the hyper-clean way. Yeah, definitely not. All right, Nick, great conversation on customer-centric mentality. I think uh, a lot of people get uh, great information out of that, man. So great talk. Yeah. And if you could work on your intros for next week. So, Negative. I mean, Negative. You know, no. Wow. See, that's not the hyper-clean way. I just, told, I just told everybody the hyper-clean way. Be customer-centric. Guys want to hear a better <laughs> intro. And Marty they said I actually no. thought it was very hilarious. <laughs> I already got messages. You know, they were like, keep doing that every week. Yeah. I'm like, but Nick won't let me. It's not going to be nice. It's not going to go good. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate it, man. All right. Have a great night, man. Have right, a great bro. week. See you. See ya. What a great episode. I know you got a lot of value out of it. Here's what I'm going to ask you is if, right, if you've heard about come be a part and it's not customer first mentality, why don't you go be a part of the hyperclean specialist group on Facebook? You'll find it's focused on the end customer. And that benefits you the most. Hey, this is Marshall. Make it a great day.